0: Salutations, everybody. This is John Kyle Law coming to you today with episode 17 of the Dark Matter Myth podcast. This one here is called Too Close to Disclosure. Thanks for tuning in. So, after last episode, I found myself in a space wondering. ...on what I will talk about this episode. And I knew what I wanted to talk about. I just didn't know how I would get there. I knew I wanted to talk about... ...extraterrestrials, UFOs, UAPs, and disclosure. But... ...considering what my topics were normally about... ...I didn't know how I would be able to fit in... ...such a... ...fit in such an unorthodox topic... And still have some credibility of being taken serious. And if you've been following any of my works I've been doing, especially the second comic book and calls to unity and a divergence away from war, you would understand that this episode, this type of episode, would have been more in lieu of an opener for what I'm doing, as opposed to something I publish 17 episodes down the road. But, let's get into it. And, uh, in doing so, we're going to jump to Cornell University. We're going to explore their scientific journals. We're going to look into quantitative biology. And we're going to visit a guy named Maxim A. Makovov. March 2013, he posted a scientific journal called The Wow Signal of the Terrestrial Genetic Code. And in this extensive work of research, he determines that genetic code isn't constructed only for the sole purposes of carrying biological markers for genetic traits, and they aren't as random as they appear to be. He writes, Accurate and systematic, these underlying patterns appear as a product of precision logic and non-trivial computing rather than of stochastic processes. The patterns are profound to the extent that the code mapping itself is uniquely deduced from the algebraic representation. The signal displays readily recognizable hallmarks of artificiality. After reading that, you know, a lot of questions arise. And one of many asks, were we put here? Are we the byproducts of something else? Are we an experiment? And if so, where is it possible? that we have originated. Wow. We're going to jump to May 22nd, 1984. The CIA conducted an experiment which involved remote viewing. And in it, they had one of their most successful remote viewers do this particular experiment. And he was given coordinates, and the coordinates were Mars, somewhere specific on the planet, and one million years ago. On one of the particular coordinates, uh, the viewer is asked to observe is 80 degrees south, 64 degrees north. And in it, he describes seeing pyramids and people are sheltering themselves and they're they're in chambers and the reason they are in chambers is because the planet is dying and from his observation it seems as if a comet ripped through the atmosphere and began to strip all life away from the planet Until this day, you can uh, observe the planet Mars and there is a huge rift in the middle of the planet. And today we call it the Mariner Valley. It is a huge geological scar and it spans the length of what is from New York to Los Angeles. And it was discovered by um, the Mariner 9 in its journey around the red planet in 1972. Nonetheless, the CIA document details a Martian people in distress, waiting at particular coordinates to um, get picked up. And interestingly enough, find a new home. You know, when it comes to finding a new home, I like to look into um, our own folklore our own stories of history and see if there are any parallels or any overlaps and oftentimes I think the Garden of Eden which details the story of two human beings being isolated and somehow responsible for repopulating an entire planet. In science, this hypothesis has a name and it's called Panspermia. And um, it's, it's also celebrated in popular culture. You look at people like Superman. <laughs> How um, in his own comic books, fled from a dying planet somehow crashed here. But that's neither here nor there. It's been without a doubt since the use of nuclear weapons in Hiroshima and Nagasaki that there's been an influx of UFO activity. So much so that our own military has came out and has said that these UFOs have been over our nuclear facilities, um, decommissioning and deactivating some of the nukes while they sit in their chambers. And as we find ourselves more and more upon an ever-increasing threat of nuclear warfare, it is to no surprise that we should see these things monitoring it. Hopefully, putting forth some deterrent. One would hope, in disguise, to save ourselves from ourselves. In 1967, Air Force Captain Robert Salas was quoted when he spoke about 10 ICBMs that were rendered inoperative at the time when a hovering red UFO was seen outside of the base. And while things like that have been happening for a number of decades within this country, it's not the only country. And I have a particular tale for you coming from Russia. Russia. Rather, coming from the KGB, from intel sources, from Ukraine and into our own CIA documents. And before I read this to you, just know I'll be providing all links directly to the CIA database so you can read these for yourself. March 27, 1993. According to the KGB materials, a quite low-flying spaceship in the shape of a saucer appeared above a military unit that was conducting routine training maneuvers. For unknown reasons, somebody launched a surface-to-air missile and hit the UFO. It fell to Earth not far away, and five short humanoids with large heads and large black eyes emerged from it. It is stated in the testimonies by the two soldiers who remained alive that, after freezing themselves in the debris, the aliens came together and then emerged into a single object that acquired a spherical shape. That object began to buzz and hiss sharply and then became brilliant white. In a few seconds, the spheres grew much bigger and exploded by flaring up with an extremely bright light. At that very instant, 23 soldiers who had watched the phenomenon turned into stone poles. Only two soldiers who stood in the shade and were less exposed to the luminous explosion survived. And I'll be providing you with this document right in the description. The document furthers, a CIA representative stated And this is in quotes. If the KGB file corresponds to reality, this is an extremely menacing case. The aliens possess such weapons and technology that go beyond all our assumptions. They can stand up for themselves if attacked. There are no hypotheticals in this unclassified document. But given this truth, I find myself in the wholehearted belief that we are in no danger whatsoever. You know, looking at certain artworks through history, if we look at the um, crucifixion of Jesus from 1350, which was painted 673 years ago, and it is now on display in a church in Kosovo. If you look in the upper left-hand corner of the picture, right above Jesus being crucified is a picture of a being and a UFO, much similar to the ones that were described by our own military in the last few days. So considering this, here's what is true today. We have come to a point of disclosure. Now, we aren't in a full-fledged, hard disclosure. A disclosure of that magnitude would flip the world on its head and it would be more polarizing as opposed to unifying. But where we're at today is a point in time in which the information is slowly being disseminated to the public. It's being disseminated by people uh, working in tandem with the government, like Mr. Lou Elizondo, like Tom DeLong, and like, Another CIA operative named John Ramirez, who isn't me, by the way. But these people are coming out today with tidbits of information that are becoming the foundation to a overall much bigger disclosure. So following this line of thought, here's is what I believe to be true. It is within my firm belief that we have a lot of the technology, we've reversed engineered a lot of the technology, not to to the finest degree, but towards a degree that can potentially save the planet, that can ultimately wean us off of these fossil fuels that are killing the planet point this in a direction in which every man, woman, and child will be the beneficiary of clean energy. It is also in my firm belief that the reason we haven't done so is because we originate from a bunch of primates. Our societies are tribalistic, and with tribalism comes an orientation to self-serving. And when we're all self-serving, we are unable to grasp the overall picture, the overall connectivity that lies between us. And if we're unable to grasp the concept of this connectivity, we find ourselves in a position of perpetual self-destruction. You know, one great metaphor that comes to me with respects to this uh, connectivity is the idea of your hands grabbing a shotgun and blowing off your legs because your hands are jealous. It can't fit into a pair of Jordans. (laughs) So it destroys the lower portion, which is responsible for mobilization of one particular organism, which in this case would be either you or me. You know, considering these widespread attributes about humanity, in many ways we are unapproachable, we are unworthy for contact. You know, back in uh 2019 during September when they had the uh, Storm Area 51 operation going on and a bunch of people went down there to try to storm Area 51 and get the UFOs and the aliens out. Shit, there were people out there with signs that said clap alien cheeks. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we can think about. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, more so than anything else, I'm sure there's a huge population of of people out there who only would want to meet an extraterrestrial so they could put them on their OnlyFans page and deliver a couple money shots here and there, you know? So in short, with everything that could be achieved through our dialogue, everything that could be found beneficial, you know, there's going to be a certain significant portion of the population who are only going to find self-aggrandizement and clout-chasing as their ultimate purpose and goal within finding contact. But here's the truth in finding contact. In doing so, you don't need a government. You don't need a ribbon-cutting ceremony. All you need is yourself and a willingness and an openness, and you'll find contact. You know, there's reasons why I put out this particular meditation for episode 15. There's a reason in which I undertook this project. So, find your contact. Open your channels, and ask, and you shall receive. Word is born. And that's from your man, John. But but, but. when I think think of contact, I think of of Minister Minister Louis Farrakhan. Farrakhan. Sometime between 1985 and 1989, and I believe he broadcasted this message in 1989, Louis Farrakhan states that he was taken abroad a craft Which resembled a wheel in the sky or one of our traditional UFOs. And within this craft, he was given a slew of information. And he likened the craft, which are referred to in Muslim communities as the Jinn, D J I N N. While within the mothership, he claims he saw his former teacher who was piloting the mothership. Now, if we take a look at the initial document that we have from March of 1993 from the KGB, we know that these beings can change form. So. It is to my belief and my assertion that if Mr. Farrakhan was taken up, if a world-renowned leader of people was taken up, perhaps he was greeted by beings who knew which form to take upon their encounter. So as we find ourselves moving forward through February... Throughout the remainder of Black History Month, I want to take a look at the newest holiday that is introduced into Black American history. And that holiday was Juneteenth. The observation of Juneteenth teaches us that, as humans, we are content to the idea of slavery. If it is to our own benefit, Despite the observation to natural laws and despite the actuality of the fourth set rules, humans will leave other humans in a state of darkness and within a state of perpetual slavery for years at a time if they could squeeze something out of it. So as we inch closer toward a full-fledged Disclosure of our complex and ever-changing realities. It is within all of our duties to not remain in the dark and to pull people out of the darkness into a greater state of enlightenment and overall expansion of consciousness. Not only for ourselves, but for everyone else who surrounds us. So once again, coming to you today, this is John Kyle Law with the Dark Matter Myth Podcast. Episode 17, Too Close to Disclosure. I'm going to put all the links and uh, sources toward everything I talked about today in this podcast. I'm going to put the link to the website I run, in which I sell my comic books and apparel. So listen... This is the episode to become a fan with This one right here is it You know Eventually Perhaps I can move to doing this full time Soon we're going to transition to videos Um, I'm going to leave the link to my mixtape Along with the description of everything else I posted And I hope you're able to enjoy this project And what I'm putting forth For you for me for man, and for all humanity. Man, all humanity. So, so, once again, this is John, John Kyle Law signing off. The Dark Matter, Matter of Myth of Podcast, of books, of e-books, of apparel. ebooks, apparel. Fucking, I got anything, man. Spend, spend some, some money, money with me. me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on the real, peace, peace and peace much love. love. Much love.